Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ermia Matters. This is Jenny Whittington, Ermia's Executive Director, and I'm pleased that you all are joining us today. Today, we have two special guests with us. First up, we have Mike Ganser from West Virginia University. Mike is a longtime Ermia member. He was the parliamentarian for many years. So, Mike, I'm going to welcome you first, and please give us a little bit of background about yourself, your position at West Virginia, and your involvement with Ermia. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Jenny. Thank you uh, very much. My position is risk manager here at West Virginia University. I've been here since 1997, so 22 and some odd months, 22 years, I guess, in some months. And uh, my time with Armia, I was involved uh, almost 10 years as a parliamentarian, uh, something I enjoyed greatly. Terrific. And what was your very first involvement with Armia? Do you remember? Oh, boy. Uh, my first conference was uh, in Denver in, uh, I believe, 1998. I think it was on a committee or two, but that's going back further than my memory serves at this point. My true involvement got uh, started when I joined the executive committee. Terrific. Well, it's great to have you with us today. And next up, I have the legendary Gary Langsdale, who is now <laughs> currently Ermia's education manager, but recently retired from the Pennsylvania State University. So, Gary, welcome. And the same questions to you. Give us a little bit of background about your risk management experience and then your Ermia experience. Well, thank you, Jenny. My involvement in risk management began in 1976 when I started working for an insurance company. And my higher ed experience actually began before that. For one year after I graduated from college and before I got into the insurance industry, I was the assistant director of residence life for Allegheny College. Little did I know at that point that that was going to lead to a later career in higher ed. I spent 25 years in risk management in the forest products industry and then came to work for Penn State in 2003 and retired at the end of this past year. My involvement in Ermia did not begin in 1976, but when I got to Penn State, one of the first things that my coworkers told me was there is this organization called Ermia that you need to check out. And so I think it was not more than a couple of weeks after I started to work at Penn State that I joined Ermia. It was after the 2003 conference had taken place. So my first real involvement was 2004 at the conference in Anchorage. And what I remember about that conference was that the leadership of Ermia was meeting at that time to decide to hire a full-time association manager, Jenny. And (laughs) the conference was great. It was eye-opening for me because of I thought I'd seen one of everything in risk management in my prior career until I got to Penn State, where, as I tell everybody, the nuclear reactor shares a driveway with the child care center. And <laughs> so there were many, many issues that I learned about in higher ed risk management that I had never previously encountered. And it's been a wonderful experience ever since. 
Terrific. Well, it is so wonderful to have you both with us today in Ermia Matters. And both of your Ermia days are prior to my days, but I attribute my early years in Ermia and you guys both being significant leaders of the organization. So thanks for all that you've done for the organization, that you continue to do for the organization. But today we are here to talk about a recent white paper that the Ermia International Committee published. We actually published this for the first time at the Boston Conference. So this document is called the International Travel Guidelines. It was published first in September, and then I believe we made a couple edits to it after the conference. So Mike, you were kind of the leader of this initiative, and then Gary was on the International Committee, and I serve as the staff person for the International Committee. So Mike, why don't you talk about why the committee wanted to publish this paper to begin with? I think the committee felt that uh, there was an awful lot of uh, information that was available from the talent within the International Committee that had just never really been gathered together in any kind of a formal document that could be shared with the membership. And I came into the committee uh, as the liaison officer from the executive committee and the board of directors and then just sort of hung around afterwards, if you will. And uh, (laughs) there appeared to be a need for somebody just to step up and, and uh, take uh, ownership of developing that into a, an actual product. And so uh, I had a little bit of experience doing that with uh, a prior uh, contract guidelines document that we put out uh, several years back. So I felt pretty comfortable with that. And so uh, one thing led to another and uh, kind of took off with it. Gosh, Mike, I'm really glad you brought up that third-party contracts white paper, and we'll definitely put that in the show notes. That continues to be one of the most downloaded resources Ermia has, and it might be about time for us to update that, so I might be reaching out to you after this podcast to get that project going again. So we will we will definitely put that in the show notes, and I appreciate all your efforts on that white paper. That, that has been a labor of love for years. We try to update that paper every few years. So thanks for bringing that up. So Gary, why don't I turn it to you now? I mean, as part of the International Committee for years, what's your recollection on why the committee wanted to publish this paper? Well, I think, as Mike said, there's a lot of knowledge out there, but it hadn't been gathered in a focused way previously. There had been white papers, there have been a lot of presentations about different aspects of international travel but it wasn't really crystallized in one place. And I want to talk about Mike's involvement. He did a great job. Don't let Mike's easygoing manner fool you about his work on this. He was a great leader in putting this together. And, you know, it's sometimes begging people to contribute and at other times editing what they had written. And it it turned out to be a really good document. One of the things I want to say about the paper is that this was designed and it's been successful in this way, to just give you a hint of what the issues are that are out there. I've said that the purpose of the paper is to be a mile wide and a foot deep on all the potential issues about international travel. It's just to remind the members, both new members who are new to risk management or who are new to higher ed or the most experienced higher ed risk managers of a checklist of one of what are the issues that you need to face so you're not missing anything. Each item in this white paper is only a paragraph long, but it covers a lot of ground so that the risk manager can think about 
have I thought about this today when there are challenges more than ever with a new potential virus out there that has significant ramifications for international travel in at least some parts of the world. It's good to go back and look at, have I thought of everything, not only for travel to, say, China, but also other parts of the world where coronavirus hasn't hit, but there are still other challenges in other parts of the world that we can't forget about. Thanks, Gary. And let me back up just a tiny bit and give a little bit of definition to the International Committee. So the International Committee has been around for over a decade. I'd, I'd speculate. I don't remember what when it exactly started, but we did kick that off with the International Fellowship Program. And this was a long time ago. In that program, actually, Mike Ganser was one of the recipients of the International Fellowship Program where he had the opportunity to go to London and meet with risk managers abroad. And and that was a a great program that we offered a long time ago. But the International Committee over the years has really curated a lot of the international content that goes into our conferences. They either put together the sessions themselves or they help advise on the sessions and then they definitely help moderate the sessions. And I know both Gary and Mike have done that over the years. And Mike, before we turn to the actual content in the paper to just kind of whet people's appetite about why they should go to the library and find this great resource and download it. I believe that you were fairly new to this area when you started researching the paper. Are you much involved in the international programs at West Virginia? Can you talk about that a little bit? I am uh, from a side, if you will. We do have a, an international risk manager who pretty much deals with the day-to-day travels of our, our student population. And the universities expanded and made it a requirement that all international travel go through their office. It used to be just the students, but now we require faculty and staff uh, to register there too so that they have the benefit of uh, taking advantage of the inter- emergency assistance program that we have, that type of thing. So I've helped uh, set up and I select that vendor, and I've also helped uh, select the uh, medical insurance provider that is coupled with that. So, and I I do see what's going on. I kind of keep a close ear to the ground, but uh, that's a whole field in itself. And thankfully, we have somebody who's dedicated to that, and it's uh, not my primary responsibility. How long have you had that position? Is that a newer position at your institution? Uh, the actual title, probably, but the individual that's sitting in the chair has probably been there, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Oh, okay. I don't actually know. She's been there quite some time. Okay. And she knows many of our the people on the international committee, which uh, is comprised of some other international risk managers. Uh, and so she knows some of them quite well. Yeah, I do know that was one of the sessions we offered in Boston. It was about how to go about getting that kind of position on your campus. So we'll also put that in the show notes as well about that session. We've actually done that session twice over the years at the annual conference. So this was the second iteration of that. But Mike, let's focus now on the actual content of the paper. Can you just kind of walk us through the structure of it and how folks might use it? Sure. I mean, the the index is uh, pretty uh, detailed. It'll help lead you to a particular area. So if you have a, a particular topic or matter that you want to learn a little bit about, uh, the index will get you pretty close in the document. It's broken down into, uh, I like to think, maybe three broad categories, uh, one being the 
equivalent of the property liability auto insurance uh, challenges that uh, we all face domestically when you go abroad, whether you're traveling there temporarily or whether you're setting up a campus, something like that, and all the unique things that you need to uh, consider that might be different country by country. Then the other component uh, is the uh, medical aspect, uh, medical insurance, health insurance, if you will, if you happen to be uh, across the ocean and run into some uh, medical need that you need to address. And then kind of married to that is is the emergency assistance uh, program that so many of us have uh, through a number of different vendors. And oftentimes the emergency assistance is tied closely to the health medical insurance program. I know that's the way we have it here at the university, but uh, whether you use your own domestically and it goes with you and you just have emergency assistance or whether you have all of them together, that's kind of one of the things it touches on is there's just a variety of different ways to look at things. Great. How about you, Gary? Are there any parts of the document that you want to highlight to our audience today? Well, I would rather highlight the fact that it is such a broad reference document to just, even if you do nothing more than glance at the headings of the title of the different sections, you're going to get something out of it. Just by reading through the index, it's going to put you in mind of some things you need to keep focused on. There are many ways to deal with emergency assistance providers um, and to deal with the health insurance, as Mike pointed out. But the point is you need to focus on each of these to make sure that your travelers are ready. And uh, you know there are many emerging trends in the field. The focus recently over the last couple of years has been on mental health for travelers overseas. And there's a section that deals with, that points out some things to deal with that. They're the most common issue, my recollection is, from speaking with my colleagues in global programs, both my university and um, elsewhere in the industry, there's been common medical issues, but you need to have a good program for dealing with it so that the individual travelers and particularly the group of leaders, if there is a faculty, for example, who's taking a bunch of students, know what to do if somebody has the flu or exhibits other symptoms and needs hospitalization. This white paper talks about that but it's really just a call to action on behalf of the risk manager to work with whatever the group is called that is more directly involved with international travel, whether it's the global programs office or the international education department or whatever the case may be. The primary thing that risk managers need to do in conjunction with this white paper is even perhaps share it with that international group, the Global Programs Office, to make sure that uh, they can have a good conversation about how are we going to deal with this if something happens. That is a a great segue to pretty much my last question about the document, or last statement and request to everybody out there listening, is that we, we really wanted this resource to be kind of a living, breathing resource in the in the library, and we're looking for extra ideas to include in the in the paper. So, if anybody listening has any of those, please you know send them into the Ermia office, Ermia at Ermia.org or Jenny at Ermia.org, and I will share those with the international committee, and we will kind of vet those and figure out how and where to put them in the document. But we want this to be a useful resource for the members. So we're definitely looking for feedback. And Mike, do you have any specific requests for anything that we're looking for? 
Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because if you didn't, I was going to. <laughs> the uh, th That is the fact that if you were to actually look at that in the document in its entirety and you would find that it may seem some somewhat fragmented in some places, there may be some areas where it's uh, thinner than others and could stand some uh, additional volume. And that's where we, I reached out at our, at our conference presentation in Boston, and I'll do so again here with this uh, opportunity is to make the people that are part of Ermia aware that we are wanting to be a sponge for information. And so if you know something, if you're a broker representative as affiliate member or an international risk manager or any, anywhere in between, and you have information after looking at the document that you think should be in there and you can present it uh, to the committee. We have a great uh, resource uh, who has helped us with the editing of the document and responds very quickly. So if you get an idea to me that needs to be shared, we'll figure out where it needs to go. And probably within a couple of weeks, it'll be in the document and it'll be available online since we're not printing it all the time. It's very easy to do that, and it uh, makes it, uh, you know, like you say, a living, breathing document. That's one difference. Our third-party contract guidelines, we have to update them every so often to kind of keep pace with the industry. But with this particular forum, we're trying to keep it going uh, month by month, if you will. Yeah, we definitely want it to be fluid. How about you, Gary? Any closing comments about this resource? I think my advice would be read it. <laughs> Take a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is always good with so many things going on in risk management every day. It's hard to, to keep track of the some of the fundamental basics. And it's really, this is a great document just to remind risk managers and others at the university that there are the, all these issues that, and any one of them can come up at any moment when you least expect it. Well, thanks so much to you both for being my guest today on Ermia Matters, and I think that'll be a wrap. Thank you. The Ermia Matters podcast is brought to you by the University Risk Management and Insurance Association. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app, and while you're there, we'd appreciate if you'd give us a five-star review. And be sure to visit www.ermia.org. That's www.urmia.org to check out our wealth of online resources. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.